All right. Welcome to the Joe Danier podcast. The first law, a robot may not injure a human being or through an action, allow a human being to come to harm. The second law, a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And the third law, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. This, of course, is uh, the iRobot Three Laws for Robots. Uh, this was written in 1942, but we are a lot closer to some of the software and the artificial intelligence and the algorithms where our technologies have to sort of adapt upwards so that we don't have a situation where we are then ruled by machines. So I brought up this morning, cars can begin uh, to exchange information with one another. So if you're riding around the highway and the car in front of you is a modern vehicle, my car can relate to your car, how fast I'm going, and they can synchronize so that if we're all traveling down the freeway at a certain speed, then we can synchronize by all, all going the same speed. And that way, you know, uh, the, the, you know, it takes a lot of the, the, the decision-making out of the human being's hand and it allows cars to respond to one another with proximity and speeds and, and all that kind of stuff. So if everybody goes the same speed, it's a lot safer because you didn't ha don't have the, uh, you know, the, the differences in, in different speeds. So that's, you know, with, with what Tesla's doing with their autopilot, uh, picture yourself being on the freeway, you put it in autopilot, the car kind of gets a, a bearing on, on everybody that's around them, gives information of what they're going to do, where they're going. And then so all of those, the technology is aware of situations that, allow predictability where you're going to be getting off an, on, uh, an off ramp because your car's GPS said that that's the direction you're going to be traveling. So then your car can migrate to the right and other cars know you're going to be doing that. So it can migrate to the left and then driving situations get a lot, you know, it, it gets a lot uh, safer, but a lot of concerns with, you know, once you do that, what's going to stop somebody from relaying uh, fiction, bad information to your car and hack it or make you crash or government entities being able to control you and turn off different features of travel because you didn't do something or you or, or you did do something. So uh, along with the fear that people have with artificial intelligence and those algorithms, you also have the security uh, that has to adapt with it to make sure that this is a safe enterprise, something going forward. You don't want driving to be one of your most uh, you know unsafe deals. So everybody who is pro- What's going to happen next has to buy into, it has to be at least a one for one. The safety has to improve enough to justify the extra risk. And the people who are against this say flat out, give me and my controls. It's worked for, you know, a hundred years up to this point. Uh, just these changes aren't going to have enough benefit to outweigh those risks. And, you know, both has, have a valid argument, but I, I don't think that you stop this from this this point. I think that once, you know, I'm not even saying once this happens, I'm saying that it is happening. Like all, most of our artificial intelligence and, and algorithms are, are pretty benign, right? It's not really making very many uh, real world situations and actions, right? It's not like an algorithm can come to some kind of determination and open a gate or, you know, move something or make something do something. Most of the, it are controls where ads are being delivered to you or, or product is moving closer to you. I thought one of the most fascinating, inter interesting moves are where the, uh, and I heard this, I've, I've never heard it from an official source, but uh, it, when you shop for Amazon products, the algorithm 
sort of makes guesses about what you're going to order and, and what goes along with your lifestyle and things that you search for. And within their distribution channels, they, they move products closer to you if they think that you have a higher likelihood of either having ordered those products before or a likelihood that you might order some of those products. So a lot of those one-day shipments became one-day shipments because a guess from an algorithm somewhere uh, was made about you and things those things got moved you know closer to you. And I think that's the most productive use of algorithms when it can make guesses and increase uh, you know that increase because there's certain people that have a low probability of doing things and if a system can move the low probability things away so that you can move high probability things to you, I think life gets a little bit more convenient. You might not even know it might be so, so subtle that you don't even know that this stuff is happening you know behind the scenes but if it is, I, I can see that I would vote for that. I would really want more of that. I mean, I, one example of, you know, I used to have a job that I used to, have to get there at like 3.30 in the morning. And so I'd go through several intersections uh, through this part of town that had really long stoplights. And at 3.30 in the morning, there is nobody going anywhere and, and uh, or nobody on the streets at all. So you would think that you could pretty much ignore most of those red lights. But I was an impressionable 18-year-old. I wasn't about to start you know, blowing through some, some traffic signals and risk getting a ticket when my insurance was already $5 billion, you know, a month. So in, in my case, I was like, there, this should be smart, right? The, we have the technology that could see that the traffic flow underneath the light does not mean need that I need a one minute red light to sit through when there's nobody going in either direction. So a lot of these devices can become more aware of what's happening and be able to deliver a better product in, in those terms as well. So, I mean, the people who are working on this uh, know that, um, that we are not at sentience yet. So the algorithms are, are learning and they're expanding and they're becoming more capable, capable, but you can't really say that they're sophisticated to the point where they're beyond our controls. So, but there was a experiment, I believe. And again, this is hearsay, something I read an article a long time ago was there was a, uh, an uh, artificial intelligence that was uh, allowed to create language and it was allowed to create, you know, I think it was taking the English language and simplifying it, removing the errors and making it more efficient. And then it was allowed to alter the language so it became more efficient. And eventually the language was not English language anymore. And then the algorithms, I'm sorry, the artificial intelligence was then allowed to teach other uh, artificial intelligence, other software, that same language so that they communicate using a language that they invented, not the English language. So I think as human beings, like when we can keep our thumb on what's happening with these systems, then we're going to feel safe because we can see that it's not plotting against us and it's not, you know, uh, weighing whether or not our uh, the life of the human being is worth the expense of the human being. Uh, but once we lose the language factor where we can't tell what it's thinking or what it's doing, that's when it starts to get kind of dangerous. And we, we when we introduce it where it's a, you know, self sustaining minus electricity, but a self-sustaining kind of software, so I'm a self-sustaining logic, uh, that's when, you know, that's, we have to have those considerations. So the three laws of robotics that I started this segment off of need to be improved where we can then um, start to program with the uh, with the philosophies or at least the principles that govern what these artificial intelligence. Now, you and I, we have we're not smart enough. This is not our pay uh, lined up with our pay grade. There are much more there are much more important and and intelligent 
people that are working on this problem. Uh, I just don't know, like from the side of, uh, you know, hearing their advances that they're very optimistic, whether or not, uh, you know, that this thing's, this thing's going to grow, grow to a point before we are really able and responsible to uh, unleash it and to start using it. So you'll see as as we start tiptoeing up and, and giving more uh, controls and functions to these things to make decisions on our behalf, because we really do want it. When we're being delivered, these machines or these algorithms that are making decisions on our behalf, I mean, it's terribly convenient. They're so good at predicting what it is that we're going to do. When they know when you're going to run out of paper towels, that's a bunch of logic that's boiling down. As long as it has good source data to make predictions, then it could pretty much guess. We're not as unique as we think we are. And you collect that with, you know, a million or, or a billion samples of people it could make pretty fair predictions about the individual, even with knowing without your name. It could just take uh, where where you you are in your development, what age you are, uh, what your hobbies are, and it can compare you to another million people that are just like you and the things that they do. And I bet you they can find some sequences that line up that are very similar, uh, you know, when when compared. So this all very interesting stuff. And where I don't have an answer as to where the logic should be or the principles should be, I do think that we need to adapt into one. So putting some pressure on the people that are in control of this before they start unleashing all of this on this. Let's figure out how we want it to be uh, managed and make it so responsible that, you know, serving humankind uh, might go back to that, that uh, Twilight Zone episode where it was the cookbook all along. So see you next time, everybody. This is the Joe Danier podcast.